afternoon or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. with God's people and the presence of God enters the room I don't want to take that ever for granted I want to thank God every time that I can touch him that he can touch me that I can come into his presence and he can minister to needs in the room I thank him today I thank him today that we felt his presence in this place in Jesus name everybody said in Jesus name Before you're seated, I'm going to read one verse of Scripture. Before I do, I was trying to figure out what I was going to preach for Sunday this week. And um, on Friday morning, I was awakened right before 6 a.m. And I don't get awakened without an alarm before 6 a.m. I was woke up wide awake, and I, I felt God was speaking God was talking to us, to me. And I felt the nudging of the Spirit that Life Church needs to be led into a time of repentance. And, and I felt um, there needs to be individual repentance, and then there needs to be a corporate repentance. And so today, uh, I'm going to preach uh, a very simple message about the call to repentance. And, and the scripture is a scripture that many of us know. Uh, we use it, you've heard it, you might know it by heart. But 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, the Bible says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, Everybody say pray. And seek my face. Everybody say seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. Everybody say turn from their wicked ways. So God's people, this is a command to God's people called by God's name. Humble themselves. Pray. Seek his face turn from their wicked ways. Then, everybody say then. Then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. If there was ever a time that we needed God to bring healing to our land, it's now. We're in what I would call a pickle. We're in a very difficult season. But I believe that the Word of God is true. And I believe that God is calling Life Church as a body into a time of prayer, a time of repentance. Let's just take a moment and thank God for His Word. We're going to pray together and then we'll let you be seated. Jesus. 
God, I pray today as the word of God goes forth, God, this is a principle that many of us have heard many times, God. It's, it's a very basic principle. But sometimes, God, we need to be reminded again of the word of God. And we need to be reminded again of the truths that are there. God, I'm praying right now as the word of God goes forth that, God, you would anoint my lips of clay, that, God, you would open our ears to hear the word of the Lord, not, not just scriptures that we know, but, God, I pray that the word of God would speak to us today. God, I pray that your word would, God, get down into our hearts, and, God, we would not only be hearers, but we would be doers of the word. God, we're crying out to you today. God, we're going to seek your face today, God. God, we're going to go into a time of repentance today, God. We're going to heed your call. In Jesus' name, everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you are seated. We are living in such a unique time. Everybody said amen. We are living in such a unique time in history. Are we the first group of people to ever face a pandemic? No. There's been other generations and other peoples that have faced it. But for our day, for those of us living today, we are living in a very unique time. This pandemic called the coronavirus, COVID-19, it's one that's affecting every corner of the globe. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what continent. It doesn't matter what country. It doesn't really matter what city you're from. Coronavirus, I, I, now there may be some cities in the world that don't have it, uh, but really it's affecting our entire world. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're from the upper crust of society or the lower end of society. It doesn't matter if you're from the north or from the south, the east or the west. This coronavirus pandemic is affecting our world. And I believe, and I told several people this week, that I don't think that God would allow this to happen unless he had a plan or a purpose for it. There are some men of God and preachers that believe this is God's judgment beginning to take place on the earth. Other men of God and preachers, they, they believe that it's a warning that God's getting his people ready, prepared, that at, at a very soon date in our future, he's going to come back and he's trying to stir the church. He's trying to, to, to wrestle us out of our comfort zones and get us to a place where we're effective and we're on fire and we are the church that he's called us to be. I don't know. I, I'm not sure that it's God's judgment. I, I'm not even sure it's a warning. I, I, I think it could be both, a little mix of both. But whatever it is, I want to let you know that God is large and in charge. Amen? God is still God. And God is a God of love, and God is a God of mercy, and God's desire is that people would come to him. And if it takes a pandemic 
to get people's minds off of their stuff and off of their lives and their careers and their personal goals and gets them turned to a God in heaven. If it takes that, God will let it happen. Because the most important thing is that lives are turned around and souls are saved and lives are transformed by the power of Almighty God. It's truly a crazy time. And, and beyond the pandemic, we've watched in amazement, especially to our neighbors to the south, at some of the things that they're facing in, in the good old USA. We, we have watched sin and rebellion get rampant in our world. And that's not just in the USA. That's here in Canada, too. We see people flaunting their sin in the face of God. That's what's happening at this time in our history. We've also seen the, the racial division that is in, especially the USA. It's here too. But it's being exhibited in great ways in the United States. We've seen the riots. We've seen the, the toppling of statues We've seen and heard and felt the political division that is there. So we, we've got coronavirus, the pandemic. We've got racial divides. We've got political divides. We, we've got sin that is rampant. The lifestyles of, of the people, they don't care. It doesn't seem like anything is wrong anymore. There's no end in sight. But I believe that the call of God is going forth today for the people of God to cry out to him, to call on the name of Jesus. The, the scripture here lets us know if the people of God, the people called by his name, would humble themselves. We don't like to humble ourselves sometimes. Humility is not one of those things that that we like to do from time to time. We, we like to be a little bit pompous and arrogant and, 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 and sort of chart our own course. But the Bible says if the people of God would humble themselves, pray, get on their knees and cry out to God in repentance, then there, there, there can be a turn of the tide. There, there can be a change in the atmosphere You know, in the Word of God, repentance is a really big deal. Point to someone nearby and say, repentance is a big deal. Repentance is a big deal. It's one of the great themes in the Word of God. It's one of the great truths that, that is still relevant and is still necessary in July of 2020. Throughout the Old Testament, as you, as you look through and read the accounts of, of God's people throughout the Old Testament, over and over and over, they had to repent. They had to cry out to God. It, it was a theme that starts way, way back in the Old Testament. And it continues throughout the pages of Holy Writ. 
from, from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, the theme and the truth of repentance is strong. Especially in the New Testament, talking to the church, God is challenging not just the people of God, the Jewish people to repent, but the Bible says in Acts chapter 17 and verse 30, it says this, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands, what's it say? He commands everyone, everywhere, to repent of their sins and turn to him. This theme, this truth in the word of God is for you. And it's for you. And it's for, it's for everyone, everywhere. This is what the New Testament, it's no longer God's people, the, the Jewish people, the children of Israel. It's now everyone being commanded it's not just a suggestion. It's not just, you know, we, we hope that you will do this. But the Bible says, but now he commandeth everyone, he commandeth everyone to repent. 2 Peter 3 and 9, another verse to kind of reinforce this truth. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. But long-suffering, and I'm glad he's long-suffering to us, word. He's not willing that any should perish, but that most should come to repentance. Is that what it says? It's not most there. It's a little word called all. He, he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. You know what, this repentance thing, it's not a man idea. It's not a Pastor Steve idea. It's a God idea. Man didn't decide we're going to repent and turn ourselves to God. No, the command to repent came from God himself. It's part of God's plan. In fact, when he birthed the church in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, when they said, what do we do? We're guilty. We've crucified this Lord, and we're guilty. We're feeling the conviction right now. What do we do? Peter stood up among them, and the first thing he said was, repent. He didn't list about six other things first. That's how important this repentance thing is. He said, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But the first thing. The crucial part of our faith, the beginning of our, our steps toward God. When you understand that God loves you and you want to get your life turned around, the first step for you is to repent. You say, is that really necessary, Pastor Steve? Yes, it is. And if there's someone here today and you have never repented or you haven't repented in a long time, and there's some sin in your life, the first thing I'm going to tell you to do, and we're going to do it together in a bit, is to repent. Because if you don't repent, the Bible lets us know you'll never make it to through the pearly gates. You'll never make it to the streets of gold. It says here in Luke chapter 13 and verse 5, I tell you no, that unless you repent, you will all, everybody say all, all likewise perish. It's important, and it must be done individually. It's personal. 
I can't report, repent for you. You can't repent for me. As much as I'd like to repent for some people, I cannot do that. It's something that they got to do for themselves. It's an action that they've got to take on themselves. They, they must repent for themselves. They must make it personal themselves. There must be, first of all, the understanding and the conviction that there's sin that needs to be taken care of. They, the Bible says they got to confess that sin before him. And then when they, they do that confession, it's that turnabout. Their life is turned around. They're no longer walking towards sin and evil and the devil, but they're now walking and their life has changed and they're walking towards Jesus Christ. That's repentance. And today, if you repent, you can have freedom from every sin. You don't got to keep managing the sin. You don't got to keep dragging it around from day after day and week after week. You don't got to live a life that's filled with just that feeling of ugliness and ungodliness and, and sinfulness. But you can, you can today repent you might say, well, Pastor, I repented before. That's true. So have I. But you today, again, you can repent, and you can have those sins taken care of, and through repentance, you can be free before you walk out these doors. I believe that. I believe today that someone here, in this time of repentance, they're going to, one more time, lay all of their sin and ungodliness before God. And God's going to wash them, he's going to cleanse them, and they're going to walk out free, different than they walked in. You know, here in this room, we all look so good. We're dressed, we, we, we look nice, we get smiles on our faces, at least most of us do. Uh, we, 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 we look pretty good. But oh, if you could have seen us a little while ago. It wasn't a pretty sight. Before Jesus, our lives were messed up. But in this room, there's a lot of people that they have a story of God's grace and God's mercy. They've experienced the power of repentance. They've experienced when God comes in and God turns their life around. In this room, there are people that before Jesus Christ, you were living a life of sin, you were living in corruption, you were living with evil and ungodliness, your, your heart and life was full of pain, it was unfulfilled, you didn't care to hardly even live because you had heartaches that you couldn't take care of on your own. How many would say, Pastor Steve, I know exactly what you are talking about. You know, before Christ, sin is just the way we live. We live this life, and sin is just normal. It's a daily occurrence. We just wallow in it. We don't even know how bad we've got it. I talk to people sometimes. I don't know about you. I talk to them, and their lives are so messed up. They don't even know where they're at. They don't even know how terrible their lives are because they're wallowing in their sin. That's before Jesus. But there are people that you were like that. You, you, such were some of you, but you are washed. Amen? Such were some of you, but you've been cleansed. You've been transformed by the power of Almighty God. I thank God for the gospel. I thank God for the power of the gospel. You say, what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. It's the death, 
the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of the gospel, there was a God in heaven that robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us. He came onto this planet. He came into this of earth through a baby as a baby in Bethlehem's manger and the Bible says he went to a cross he shed his blood he had a crown of thorns placed on his head he had a spear in his side he even gave his life to pay for that sin I thank God for the gospel I thank God for the cross. I thank God that I I don't have to have the penalty of sin applied to my life because Jesus He took the penalty. Jesus paid it all. Romans 6 and 23 says, for the wages of sin. How many like to get paid? I I like when I get paid. How many don't like when you get paid? I don't think there's anybody here in the room. We all like to get paid. It's always great when you get the check or the money shows up in the account. But the Bible says the wages, the payment for a life of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. I want to tell you today, if you stay in your sin, if you don't repent of those sins and have Jesus by his blood take care of those sins, one day... Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but one day, the payment, you're going to be paid for the wage that you've earned for a life of sin, and that payment is not going to be pretty. Or you can take the provision, the way that God has provided to cleanse your heart from sin, and the Bible says that it is the gift of God. It comes with such a great reward at the end. The payment for having the sins washed away, the payment for having your life transformed by the power of God, not only is it good for you today, but it's good for you tomorrow. It's good for you when you breathe your last breath because the Bible says that the gift of God is eternal life, and it all happens through repentance. The verse before, verse 23 of Romans 6, it starts with a few words, and I'm not going to read the whole verse, there's a lot of good stuff there, but it says, but now, being made free from sin. I want you to think back in your life. I want you to think back, church, to a time before you were free from sin. What was it like? It wasn't pretty, was it? It's pretty, it's pretty sad, the way you were living. But now! Someone say, but now. But now! Being made free from sin. Because of the blood of Jesus, I have been made free from sin. But now! Because of the blood of Jesus, that that power of sin that controlled me, that that led me, that caused me to do things I shouldn't do, it's been broken in my life. And I can be victorious because the sin has been broken in my life. I want to take a moment right now and I want to thank God that God has washed away. He's taken care of the sin in our lives. We are now free by the power of his blood. Through repentance, we are now free. Let's begin to lift up our voices, church. 
God, I thank you right now. I thank you that through repentance, God, you've washed me. You've cleansed me, God. You've forgiven me of every sin. And God, I am now free from the power of sin. I'm now free. The, the, the debt of sin has been paid. And God, I now am awaiting and I'm anticipating that time when I get to spend eternity with you, God. What a great reward. And I thank you. I thank you for the freedom that we have in this place. In Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. You know, repentance is not one of those one-time things that you do one time and it's done. Repentance needs to become a lifestyle. It should be that daily surrendering of ourselves to God. It should be something that we're grateful and we're thankful that our lives have been covered by the mercy and grace of God. And if we do fall, if we do need to go to God, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and, and we can go, and he's going he's to um, act on our behalf. He's our advocate. He's going to forgive us. When we fall, we get back up again. How many have ever fallen since that first time you've had your sins forgiven? When you fall, we get back up. We no longer let the, the, the sin keep us down, but we walk with God in the power of the Spirit. That's why we need to have the Holy Ghost flowing in our lives. That's why we need the power of the Spirit active. It shouldn't be dormant because through the power of the Spirit, we can walk and we can walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh, the Bible says. But sometimes we find ourselves when we get off track. But I want to remind you today, if you get off track in the last week or the last day or the last month, repentance is the pathway back to get you back on track if you have had a setback you've made a wrong decision how many have ever made those wrong choices sometimes the devil would like to make us think we've been disqualified you're out it's over you're done that's what the devil will speak into your ear. If, you, if you're a child of God and you mess up, you make a wrong choice, you make a wrong decision, you find yourself in sin, there's been a setback in your life, the devil will come and he'll tell you, it's over. I want to remind you something today. It's not over. The devil's a liar. Because there's the power of repentance. We can get back right with God by a simple prayer and a simple calling on him. Ephesians 2 and 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love with, wherewith he loved us. He, he, I thank God for the mercies of God. I thank God for his great mercy. I thank God for his great love. And he's the God of the second chance. He's the God that's wanting you to get back on track. All you got to do is repent. The devil's favorite lie is it's too late. You've blown it too many times. It's over for you. But the devil's a liar. The Bible says he's the father of lies. All you got to do is repent. I, I, I use this verse. I've maybe even used it in the last couple of weeks. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful. He's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess, he is faithful. 
How many times? Is there a limit on the number of times that we can confess? Where does it tell us if we confess, you know, six times in a day or 25 times if we confess? Where's the number there? There is no number. You know, I, I, just, I just fell and I sinned an hour ago. Well, confess. I just did it again 10 minutes ago. Confess. If we confess, the Bible says he's faithful. He's just to forgive us. Repentance is a powerful thing. It really doesn't matter how many times you've fallen. All that really matters is that you get back up again. All you got to do is get back up and repent one more time than the number of times you've messed up. Just one more time. All you got to do is get up one more time. And if you do, you can be victorious. You don't have to be defeated. Acts chapter 3 and 19 says it like this. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I thank God for the forgiveness that I've received. I thank God and you've experienced for the times of refreshing that would come in this presence. So, so these are some examples and so from the word of God where I, you, we have to repent for ourselves. It's called a personal or an individual repentance. And we're going to do that here in a moment. So there's going to be many times of personal repentance. It's going to happen. You have to repent. In fact, repent every day. Go to God in repentance. There are things that we do and there's things that we don't do. We need to repent about. But then there's times, and this is where I wanted to kind of focus for the last few minutes of this message. There are times where there must be corporate repentance. Now, this is not something that I've seen done a whole lot in my lifetime. We always focus on the individual repentance. But the Bible is full of examples where God's people were called together as a group where God's people were were summoned by their spiritual leader. And they were called to a place together to repent and to have a time of prayer. It's called corporate repentance. And, And when they united in prayer, when they united in repentance, the Bible lets us know on every occasion That's when God showed up. That's when God moved. That's when God restored. That's when God answered. When the people of God, as one group, united, get together in prayer and repentance. I believe this is the time that God is speaking to his people, and in particular, the people of Life Church those in the building and those that are watching online, I believe that God is calling us to a time of repentance, a time of seeking his face, a time of calling on him, a time of turning from our wicked ways. It's a solemn time. A time of seeking God. We're being called as a group to pray. 
cry out to God on behalf of our church, on behalf of our city, on behalf of our province, on behalf of our country, on behalf of this world. It's, it's God's call to corporate prayer. And I believe as we do that, as we heed that call, that we will see God move. We will see the revival fires being birthed among us. I believe that as we heed the call to repentance, that we will see a spiritual awakening that will begin to take place that will not just be a happening by chance. It's because the people of God heeded the call of God. When there's repentance, things change. When there's a crying out to God as a body of believers, turmoil and stress that's being experienced, God takes care of it. I, I believe it's going to happen when there's united prayer, when there's a humbling of ourselves, when there's the people, the church, the people of God becoming awakened in their spirits that we need to take this time and cry out to God. My question to you today is, will you pray? Will you repent? Will, will you be willing to hear the voice of the Spirit today and cry out to God? It's the call to prayer. It's the call to repentance. There's many of them in the Word of God. I've got one I'm going to leave with you today. It's found in Joel chapter 2 and verse 12. This is a call of God. And I believe it's the call of God to life church today. Now therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. There's a call of God in this room right now. There's a call of God in the spirit right now that we're being called to turn our hearts towards God. We're, we're being called to spend some time in prayer. We're being called to spend some time in weeping and mourning as a, as a church, as a body of believers. And I believe we, we, can, we can see God turn this pandemic around when the church heeds the call of God. I believe that God can do some fixing in our culture, in our racial divide, and our political mess if we heed the call of God and Go to God in prayer and fasting and repentance and mourning and weeping. Every once in a while, presidents and prime ministers will call nations to prayer. I don't have that power because I'm not a prime minister and I'm not a president. But I was reading last week in the news that in the state of Louisiana, the governor, he was calling the state of Louisiana into three days of prayer and fasting. That's where we're at in our culture right now. I'm not sure what his religious background is, or I'm sure he has some, but this is a, a political leader. He's calling an entire state 
into three days of prayer and fasting. It's happening this Monday the 20th, Tuesday the 21st, and Wednesday the 22nd. What he's asking everybody in the state to do, and I'm not sure everybody's going to do it, but this is what he's asking. He's asking for every single person in the state of Louisiana to take at the same time their lunch hour at 12 o'clock and don't eat lunch. We're going to God in prayer. That's a united prayer. That's when the people, they're desperate because they're seeing this pandemic and it's taken their loved ones and it's taken their, their elders, it's taken their young people, it's taken their, their family members and they're, they're wanting to see God come on the scene and God to turn the tide. And so this, this governor, I don't know what his religious background might be, he's calling on the people to unite together in prayer and in fasting. And I want to remind you today from God's word that when the people of God find themselves in a predicament, when the people of God find themselves in a situation and they don't know what the end is going to be, they don't know how it's going to turn, turn out. The Bible usually has a spiritual leader who, who gets up before the people and he calls the people into a time of prayer and repentance. And every single time that God's people heeded the call, to prayer and repentance. When they humbled themselves and when they called on God, when they asked God to forgive them of sins, every single time God forgave their sins, God delivered them from the enemy's attack, God would stop the plague, God would heal their land. Every time people cry out to God, God listens. Every time you pray, God hears. Every, every time you pray and the tears roll down your cheeks, God sees every tear that you pray. He hears the cry of your heart. And there's a call today in this place for Life Church to begin to pray for this land. And I believe today that if we would only get ourselves together and heed this call, the mess that we're finding ourselves in today, it, it can be turned around. When the people of God heed the voice of God and begin to pray. Here's what we're going to do. I know this is unique and this is different, but I really felt this on Friday morning that God had spoken to me. I kind of thought a few things that I was going to be talking to you about, but I, it, it was, I, I, got, I got my phone and I, I wrote in some notes real fast as I was feeling God speaking to me. And I put them in my phone because I thought this is what the church needs to hear on Sunday. Here's what we're going to do. If you can do this, I'm gonna, I've instructed Sister Vivian to put on some music so that the music team does not have to go back here. I want every single person in the sound of my voice in this room, we're going we're to take a moment here. We're going to take about three minutes, and I want us to get down on our face, on our knees before God. If you can do that. If you can't do that, sit in your seat. But if you can get on your knees, we're, we're going to get down on our knees right now, and I want you, first of all, to cry out to God individually for yourself. If there's sin in your life and you want to be free from that sin, I want you to cry out to God for yourself and repent of those sins and ask God to forgive you. And as he does, I want you to rejoice and thank him for the forgiveness. So right now, church, we're, we're going to get down on our knees right now. Song's going to play. I, I will give you some more instructions when it's time, but just let, let's just take a moment here. I, I think as we, we're going to do the individual repenting right now. Thank you.
Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now, before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.